Tied up, blindfolded, and gagged is good. Her legs would not be tied, however. Wide open, I would think. My face would be right there eating lunch. I don't like that. Is this our specific request? Or you was not. Four? Was not a specific request. Oh, it's Christy. That's her on the Discord, right? Oh, it's Christy. What up, Christy? Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. So from the shawl cross letters, I have used a machete on a few. Can I can I just make a machete one thing on a really few? clear? So he's talking about he's saying eating pee. Like see? eating a uh, sushi, you know, eating But uh, he's he like this isn't this is this eating is raw not fish. This is not fellatio on a dead person. He is consuming this as a cannibal, correct? Correct. He's eating lunch, dude. Okay. I, I just want no, us no, to no, be no, clear. No, you're on clear. the terminology. No, I understand because we just like, had a whole conversation on pimento cheese, and you're gonna you're gonna I fault want, this guy for eating lunch. I want to know the semantics that this is not. He is not eating in a terminology. He is like physically consuming this as a cannibal. It's like a lunchable. I have used a machete on few. Head comes right off. Vietnam will do that to you. All right, let's get started. All right, this is going to be interesting because my father, my father is a Vietnam veteran. So, I mean, like, it'll be interesting. So, like, I just want to say... Oh, they all had it easy. No. I want to say, I want to say to all (laughs) Vietnam vets listening, if you are, welcome home. Because no one says that to you. Welcome home, Vietnam vets. Now, let's listen to John's story. From Arthur Shawcross's psychiatric interview, Vietnam turned country boy into a crazy, I tortured people over there cut two heads off i took a lot of ears off the vietnamese ears we'd always cut off the left ear like we, pilot i mean i know like pilot like peter like like jesus like the garden of gethsemane i right, listen to a lot of jesus christ superstar we'd string them and dry them and cut their hair in a mohawk and string bone teeth or ear on one of these little amulets a couple things we do know arthur Shawcross was in vietnam we do know that mm-hmm. we do know that he did sustain an injury injury to his shoulder he was shot okay a bullet okay one we yeah he says a lot of stories over there no one can verify stories however the psychiatrists do say that these stories that he's going to say were also the same stories of multiple other vietnam vets coming back okay right? they all have had these same experiences mm-hmm. he did say that the Viet Cong were scared of him he was like a predator we do know that shaw cross had highly levels of lead in his system unusually high he was at the point when they tested him after he was arrested for killing 17 prostitutes as having lead poisoning at that time he was lead poisoned when he came back and he has been lead poisoned because he didn't kill any prostitutes with a a firearm or he wasn't exposed to any lead so we know that he was lead poisoned the entire time which causes hallucinations which causes violence outburst. There's a whole thing about lead. The same reason you don't eat lead paint chips. You don't have lead in your house. <laughs> I'm not eating it by Frito-Lay <laughs> paint chips. No, I'm saying like, you no. know, when you're My a kid, you just eat a couple of lead. You eat a couple of paint. The paint comes <laughs> off, you eat a little bit like you. No! Who the fuck does that? Did you eat a lot of paint chips when you were a kid? <laughs> Why? I know. I like 
King Cod potato chips, however, are the best. Yeah, I love you. The dark russet ones are the best. Listen, lead poisoning, headaches, stomach cramps, trouble sleeping, fatigue, irritability, loss of sex drive, and in severe cases, hallucinations. In a recent study from 2017. To what I be lead poison? Lead links, especially in childhood, increases crime rate in cases like in Flint, Michigan. Kids are growing up with lead, and that is a very violent city. I'm not saying this causes them to be violent, but it does not help. It actually increases the chance of them being violent. What did Arthur Shawcross do overseas in Vietnam? He was the ammo carrier. He would transport ammo all across Vietnam, all across these different outposts to different soldiers. He would carry up ammo cans. He lived with ammo cans. That's all he had. He worked by himself. He was just the, the solitary guy who was unsupervised delivering ammo. He would eat his soup out of ammo cans. He would drink his water out of ammo cans. Mm. All made with lead and that causes hallucinations. That's all I'm trying to say. All right. Not to mention Agent Orange, which I don't really know a lot about Agent Orange. I know it was some chemical that caused all kinds of trouble, but I didn't go into that specifically, but we're not going to mention that. I just wanted to, to add that in there. In Vietnam, he considered himself a predator. Now, this is where he says that he became a serial killer. This is before any of the murders here. And okay. in the next episode, we'll talk about his childhood, which was not very good. Surprise, surprise, a serial killer having a bad childhood. But in his time in Vietnam, he says he became a serial killer and a predator. He had this thing where he would take these, think of a baby bottle, a baby bottle, right? If a baby bottle. Baby bottle pops, and baby bottle pops. On the, the lid is a nipple, right? And I did look this up. This does work. You take the nipple off the baby bottles and you put it on your M16, on the, the barrel of the M16, and it acts as a silencer oh. or a suppressor. I thought to myself, yeah, okay, that's not correct. But I did see videos of people doing it and it does act like a suppressor, which is crazy. So he found out this thing. I don't know how, but he started ordering all these baby bottle nipples to his camp. And then he would go out and hunt these Viet Cong by putting these baby bottle nipples on the end of his M16 rifle. Just the nip? Just the nipples. And it would silence it. And I I did see there is a video of a guy doing the same thing, but using a Twinkie, you know, a Twinkie. And it does work. Twinkie as a suppressor right here. It does work. It is silent when you shoot through something like that. That that's a that is a big deal because that means he can sneak around and kill as many people as he wants without anyone knowing because it's silent. Okay, that's a big thing. Now we don't know how many people he's killed or even if he's killed anyone at all. But I'm telling you right now, the story today that we're covering, I want to I want to start with the Vietnam experience, and his was I wouldn't say traumatic, but his was very exciting for him. All right, can you read? Nicole, his own words about his first kill in Vietnam. This is the serial killer's first ever taste of blood. You remember the episode we did with Joe Sargent and his first kill? This is that same thing. The first time he's actually seeing someone die.
die at the hands of himself. He's actually killing someone. This is molding him into, into what he's going to become, which was a slayer of women, at least 17 within a two-year period. I went down into a valley and I seen a woman down there and I shot her and dragged her up on the side of a hill where she wasn't dead yet. I tied her to a tree where I made a little camp and she was putting an AK-47 in a tree. Hold on a second. One second. This is his, his first experience in Vietnam with killing a woman. Now, she which a lot of the Vietnam fighters did was hide AK-47s, ammo, explosives, anything that, you know, any ordinance they have into trees, they would hollow them out and then hide all of that stuff Mm. in there. So that's what she was doing. And he came across this random woman doing that. Mm -hmm. So what years was he in Vietnam for? Do we know? I don't know, Jim. What years was Vietnam the war? Well, it was, it started in the 60s and ended in the 70s. What year? I don't fucking know. My dad was there from 1978 to 19... 1978? I thought you said it started in the 60s. Well, it did, but my dad was there in 78. I don't fucking know. He was like, there listen, in 78? My dad was there in 78. Was he lost? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Man. My father is a bronze star. I'm just star. kidding with you, Jen. Shit. He he was awarded a bronze Jen, star. This was by and 19- a distinguished flying cross. My father is That's a war amazing. hero. He he has been through a lot more than a lot of people, but also maybe not more than most. I don't know. My dad, he he is an American soldier. He was a captain. Hero. He did a lot of good. He was a captain or a warrant officer? My dad was a captain. A captain flying Hueys? Yes. My dad was, he was, his army rank was captain. But my grandfather, my grandfather got sick. He would have been, um, he was just about to be promoted as a major. He was not because he, he, he honorably discharged because my grandfather was sick with cancer. But my father, Cap, he was, he left as a captain. Um, He was awarded the bronze, he was awarded the, the distinguished flying cross as a helicopter pilot. It's amazing. So thank you, dad. So for, for Arthur Shawcross, the first murder we know was in night, which we're about to talk about was in 1978 or excuse me, um, 1972. So this was probably in 1970, 70, 1970 to 1971. Oh, my dad was there probably. What Nicole is reading right now. So Arthur Shawcross, his job as an enlisted man. So a, uh, private through a sergeant. I don't know what rank he got, but his job was to transport ammunition to all the the uh, forward operating bases in Vietnam. I tied her to a tree where I made a little camp and she was putting an AK-47 in a tree. I went down. There was a big hollow tree, all kinds of rifles in there, ammunition there, and they had a little footpath going up there into the woods. I went there and found a couple of huts up on stilts and so I'm going standing there and they got a little ladder going into one and I hear somebody in there and I tap on the side of the hooch and a girl comes out. I tie her up the walk and walk her back up and tied her to the tree next to the other girl inside the hut in which they were living. Underneath the hut had all kinds of food. Food, rice, and ammunition. So- hey, hold, on, hold on a second. Arthur Shawcross is saying that he came across a, an older female who was trying to hide weapons in a tree and this was during one of his night missions. He claims that he would go out by himself and hunt down Viet Cong like a predator. Mm-hmm. He would put these baby, he would put these baby bottles 
throttle nipples on the end of his M16 to silence them, and he would go out and hunt by himself. He came across an older female who was trying to hide weapons, and then he tied her up. Then he goes into their huts, which is like this hut, you know, this mud hut, but it's like uh, built with these grasses. These, uh, what do you call it? Like uh, like palms, palms, bamboo. Bamboo, wheat grasses, whatever, these huts. He found a little girl in there, and that's where we are right now. So go ahead. I'm just trying to get everyone on the same page. Gotcha. I went up in there and found a couple of huts on stilts. Mm -hmm. And so I am into one, and I hear somebody in there, and I tap on the side of the hooch, and a girl comes out. I tie her up and walk her back up and tied her to the tree next to that other girl inside the hut where they were living. Underneath, the hut was all kinds of food, rice, ammunition. They are the enemy. Mm. I get up there and I cut one. I cut her throat. I took her head off. Sometimes Vietnamese are superstitious. I put her head on a pipe, like a fence post where the rifles are. I shoved it in the mud. I went back up there. It wasn't just me no more. I'd never done anything like that in my life. I took one woman's leg off from the hip to the knee, the ham section of the body, and roasted it in a fire. What the fuck? It didn't smell too good, but when it about burnt, I began to eat some of it. What? This experience that he is sharing was also shared by many other American soldiers in that military conflict of Vietnam. Okay, think about it. Agent Orange, lead poisoning, hallucinations. If you're hallucinating and you come across some Viet Cong, a lot of the American soldiers coming back also shared similar experiences to this. We trained them to think that the Vietnamese were evil. They were practicing witchcraft. They were the devils. They were trying to take over America. We train these soldiers to do this. They get over there. Then they find themselves eating and cannibalizing and mutilating and raping these people. It all comes with the same territory. This is the same story in every war. I can promise you that. So the enemy is is disposable, essentially. Exactly. Let's say you're just going to do a random shoot in the military. Okay. What are you shooting? You're shooting a target. That target is wearing a turban. Does that that make sense? You were trained. You were ingrained. It is is forced into your head that whoever you're fighting now, whoever America is in conflict with, is the enemy. And they are going to try to destroy America. Same with Vietnam. Exact same. I feel like I need to ask my dad, but I also don't want to know. Like, I do, but I don't. That's, like, really upsetting. I mean, I, I would say, too, though, a, a pilot's position of war is very different from someone that's... An infantryman. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like... Yeah, because also- your dad didn't, like, behead anyone and rape them. I would hope uh, not. No, I don't think you need to work. Mm-hmm. So they'll get shot at. Their Chinooks or Hueys will get shot up. But they're still in the air unless they crash land. And then there would be POWs or something. So your dad, his traumatic experiences are probably from being... His helicopter being shot up, being shot at stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. not from cannibalizing locals, which, you know, I'm, I am extremely effing fucking lucky that no team 
I was supporting over there had the had had thought about doing any of this shit. There was no rape. There's no mass rape. None of the teams I was with raped anyone. And that and that went on over there a lot, right? Sure. And I've seen torture sessions. That was probably the worst, the torture sessions. Because that shit is like ingrained in war. Like no matter what fucking war, go back like before Christ, all those wars, violence and rape is like the same fucking thing. I went back up there. I wasn't just me no more. I'd never done anything like that in my life. I took that woman's leg off from the hip to the knee, the ham section of the body, and roasted it on a fire. Didn't smell too good. And But when it about burned, I began to eat some of it. Eating flesh cooked over a fire tasted like pork, like monkey. He would put the body on an anthill because why? Take a guess why. Why would you put someone's severed head on an anthill? Because the ants are going to crawl over your fucking face and bite your fucking face. While I'm sitting there cooking the one, the other girl watching me passes out and is peeing on herself. Then I raped her, but first I gave her oral sex. Well, hold on a second. One second. He is saying right now that he he found this woman hiding weapons, cut this woman's head off. What? Put this woman's head on an Ant hill. The reason he did that is because the ants would consume the head and, mm-hmm. you know, effectively leaving no evidence. And I would imagine the daughter or whoever the smaller child was, who he's talking about now, who we also found in the hut, he brought and tied up. Now he's going to, now that she's tied up, he's going to rape her. And he's talking about how she's, you know, peeing herself and defecating on herself. And he's talking about his real life experiences raping this child in in Vietnam. Go ahead. While I'm sitting there cooking the one, the other girl watching me passes out and is peeing on herself. Then I raped her, but first I gave her oral sex. She couldn't understand what it was I was doing, but her body did. I untied her, and then I retied her to other small trees. I Afterward, I ate some more, then sat sharpening my knife and watching her. She fainted several times. I cut her slightly from her neck to her crotch. She pulled on a nipple, then pulled the gun to her forehead and pulled the trigger. All right, so the nipple being on the end of his M16, the baby bottle nipple. All right. So he he is cooking what we would say is her mother on a fire, eating her while this daughter's tied up, watching this, passing out multiple times, peeing herself, you know, just passing out because of the horror, the horror of the situation. And then she finally, the daughter, she's getting raped. He puts this M16 up to her head. She pulls off this baby bottle nipple to to make make it sure that he's going to kill her she wants to die that's basically what we're reading here right i don't like that at all so she kills herself essentially while he's cooking her mother and eating her mother she couldn't understand what i was doing but her body did i untied her then retied her to two other small trees afterward i ate some more this then sat sharpening my knife and slightly watching her she fainted several times and i cut her slightly from her neck to her crotch she screamed and shit herself i took out my m16 pulled on a nipple then pulled the gun to her forehead and pulled the trigger finally i 
cut her head off and was put and put it on another stick where the head off and and the hose was. It was where the NVA got water. I took that girl. I strung her up by her feet and butchered her just like I would a cow. All right. So the NVA is the uh, North Vietnamese army. That's who we were fighting over there. So basically he is, he tied this little girl up while she was watching him eat her mother. He raped this little girl and eventually killed her, cut her head off and then put the head on an ant hill because the ants would consume the rest of the meat. I guess pretty bad, right? But why oral sex? You just read that there. I performed oral sex on her, but her she didn't know what it was, but her body did. Why is every one of these victims, why do they receive oral sex? That That's is so likes. important with this guy. Why? It's so tell, important. Just tell us. Yeah, I don't want to know. I, I, I don't want to guess. I but rather, I, you go ahead. I mean, I don't know. I'd rather drag it out. Why oral sex? Just think about it. It's very important. He also talks about how the the horrors of the VC, the Viet Cong, what they were doing. He saw several friends of his, GIs, get blown up when a six-year-old child, six, seven-year-old child, walks up to them. I'm, I'm an innocent child. Blow up because they the child had explosives attached to him. Killed a lot of his friends. The VC, he would claim, which was validated by other soldiers, would actually chain their children up into the trees give them one clip of ammunition and then basically force them to be kamikazes. They'd be chained up in the tree. An American troop, a platoon or whatever would come forward. The kid chained to the tree would have some kind of AK-47, would use his whole clip, kill as many as he can and then just be stuck in the tree. So obviously he would be shot. So force kamikaze. One more story about Vietnam and then we, as I promised you guys, will ruin Jen's weekend. Oh, how sweet. Thank if it's you. not our Thank you. (laughs) Wow. I thought you forgot about that for a second. Oh, shit. All right. So this is from Arthur's own own words. The other girl in the jungle, I'm going to kind of read it like I'm going to read it like some New York asshole. I mean, you know, New Yorkers also ruined my weekend because I'm not from New York. I'm from New England. Quote, that other girl in the jungle that I killed where I had taken off her head and placed it on a pole by a creek. Like St. Thomas More. I took her and butchered her like a steer neck down. I had to use the machete and cut on her body down the middle. Then cleaved the backbone and washed the blood out. Why? I wish I knew for sure. The same way you cut a deer, I did to that body. Back in 1965, I had a job at Adams Meat Market in New York, just south of Watertown. This is where I learned to butcher 19 cows and bulls each day. It was nothing new to me. Once the outside skin is taken off, who can tell? Yes, I did roast half the body too. About the way a good well-done roast beef is cooked, almost dry, the meat lasts for days days that way. The rest of what I did not take, I placed on a good-sized ant hill. So he's talking about this woman here. Right. He skinned her. The ants will do the rest. Who could I talk to to understand what I am going through now because of all this? 23 years of stored memories that are bothering me badly. The body of the other woman I placed 
on another ant mound. I was a sick fool. If we were to take his his experiences as reality, which which number one, he takes as reality. Right. So we have to remember that, even though if they are a little far fetched, he himself believes this. That's what we do know. So if we were to take them at face value, he has developed this lust for not only killing, but beheading, raping, and cannibalizing humans mm. in Vietnam. We also know that he has lead poisoning. We also know that he was around Agent Orange. We also know that he has an XYY chromosome uh, disorder. So the PTSD issue is another thing with Arthur Shawcross. Now, I'm not saying this guy is warranted for killing these all these people. No way am I saying that. But I'm saying that Arthur Shawcross is the first serial killer where they were like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's actually try to figure out why he did this. Does he have any deficiencies? Does he have any disorders? Did he have post-traumatic stress? Does he have anything? That's where I'm basing this episode off. Right. So for one, for about a year in Vietnam, he was a torture and killing machine, raping girls and children, mutilating bodies, and even eating the flesh. He was also exposed to a lot of lead. This could lead to lead poisoning, which could cause hallucinations. Dr. Joel Norris says in this book, it is not his job to decide which stories are true or false. Arthur Shawcross tells these stories, and even if untrue, it doesn't matter because Shawcross himself believes them, and that is what matters. Mm. From Dr. Joel Norris, his post-traumatic stress was so pervasive that it left him in a state of emotional anesthesia, psychologically numb, unable to relate to anyone within a normal functional framework. When Arthur Shawcross came back from Vietnam, there were only two states of existence that he lived in, according to psychiatrists. Two states. Two two states. What were those? Homicidal and non-homicidal. Oh, that's like 50-50. That is the only states where he lived his life in. All right, let's talk about this boy right here. Can you describe this boy? This is Jack Blake. But what years were the? When did he come back from Vietnam? Well, describe this boy first. Probably. I would say like 13-ish. I would say 8 to 10. Uh, Young, white male, Caucasian. Looks uh, like maybe dirty blonde hair. Yeah. Does he look like someone who deserves to be mutilated? I don't know. It doesn't depend. No. No one deserves that. Well, yeah. No one deserves to be mutilated. June 4th, 1972. Kelsey Creek is where we're going. This is in Watertown, New York. This is where Arthur Shawcross lived back with his family, where he grew grew up. He's fresh out of the war, 27 years old, ready to conquer the world. Are How- the Shawcross cross? However, Shawcross has some war trauma that he's dealing with, and he has some childhood trauma that he's never dealt with. Okay. And he's coming back. He's being called a baby killer. Mm. He is trying to find his way as a 27-year-old in Watertown, New York. Okay. And he is very friendly with children. One of the things that makes this killer unique and is important in the psychology, when he is confronted with things that he has done, okay, you've raped this girl, you murdered this girl, you cut out her vagina, you ate this girl, you ate the vagina, you've done things 
to this this bo- human body, he would resort to baby talk. He goes what? back. He goes back to talking like a baby. Nope, like mama dada. Uh, baby talk. Yeah, I'm not into that. I don't like that. It's not that you're into it, but think about how. I mean, I'm just gonna be fucking honest. Think about how extremely. Fucked up that is, right? How fucked that is. Yeah. Jen, you mutilated, you raped, you ate, you cannibalized. What do you got to say for yourself? I don't like that. Daddy, mommy, Google Gaga. Don't like that. I that is know. baby talk. That is that not the most fucked up thing? Where does that come from? That So we're trying to find the root here. I, I'm done throwing out these words, these psychiatrist words. I'm trying to find the root. What the fuck calls this? All right. What the fuck calls this? June 4th, 1972, Kelsey Creek. This is behind Corky's gas station. William Corky Murak is the actual own is the owner of the gas station. He's the one that phoned in the cops saying that he saw a man leading a child into the woods. Shawcross, now 27, he was living with his parents in Watertown, New York. He was known through the neighborhood already. Well known, especially to the kids. The kids loved him. Think of Dean Coral. Same thing. The kids loved him. Right. He was always there with candy. Arthur Shawcross was the same way. He never really got to he never really got to become an adult because yeah. he was in Vietnam eating and cannibalizing and murdering and raping children. He never learned the responsibility of being an adult. So he gets back and he is more bonded to the children. So he hangs out with mostly the children in Watertown. Jefferson County Sheriff Don Newberry said that Arthur Shawcross was, quote, real creepy. Quote, he was known to stuff grass and leaves down children's pants. Mm. Quote, this was a daily thing, Newberry said. Roll around on the ground with them, wrestle with them, hang on to them. He's talking about children, all the, the town children. Arthur Shawcross loves fishing. In fact, all the bodies that were found were in his favorite fishing spots. One of the big, th- the remorse from Arthur Shawcross about killing all these prostitutes was dumping them in his favorite fishing spots because now he's got to go find a new one. He's like, shit, why did I dump her here? I fish here. The cops are going to be here. Why the fuck did I do that? Now I got to find a new fishing spot where no one's around. Everybody dump was in one of his favorite fishing spots. He loved to fish. The kids loved to fish. He would joke around with the kids. He was real creepy joking around with the kids. Quote, known to stuff grass and leaves down children's pants. One neighbor, a Carol Lutz, saw him stuff grass clippings down a six-year-old's pants when they were quote-unquote wrestling, Dean Coral style, wrestling around. <laughs> Look at this grass. I'm going to stuff it down. <laughs> stuff it down your fucking pants. <laughs> That's funny. And then she saw him try to stuff grass in this six-year-old's mouth. Open your mouth. Open it. <laughs> Open it. And swallow it. Getting a little too invested in the story. <laughs> <laughs> Just a smidge. What the hell's he doing? She remembers asking her, asking herself as she watched him wrestle the little boy. Michael Norfolk to the ground, put grass clippings down his pants and stuffed them into his mouth. Shawcross spanked the child as well. So we're talking about Jack Blake here. He is a 10 year old child. This is him one more time. 
just to put a face to the name here. Good looking kid, full of life, got his whole life ahead of him. And that's who we're talking about tonight. June 4th, 1972. His body was actually found a few months after that. His body was found at around 3.30 p.m. It was under some removed tree bark. Someone had purposely stripped the tree of some bark and tried to hide the body. Now, the detectives and law enforcement were looking for this kid's body for about three months, and they were blaming the parents. They actually were harassing the parents, the Blake family. They thought that they had butchered their child or something. Now, this is before all the prostitute murders. This is right after Vietnam, before any of the any of the Dorothy Blackburns, the Dotsies, any of that we talked about. This is before. This is right after Vietnam. Arthur Shawcross, he was known in the system for arson. Oh. He loved burning down old barns and businesses. McDonald's triad. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he loved burning down stuff, so he was in the system. He was in parole, but they didn't think, you know, why would they come to him? He's not a murderer. No, no, not at all. 3.30 p.m. under some bark from a tree, quote, blue bottle flies rose from a rotting lump of flesh. This is what a blue block, a blue, a blue, what was it? A blue, um. Oh, I don't like that. that a bl- this is a blue block, a blue, blue bottle. This oh. is a blue, this is a blue bottle fly. That's what that is. I would have killed that in my house. Yep. It's got dive. It's actually kind of beautiful. I mean, look at this. I don't think it's beautiful. I think it's gross. Well, Jen, you know what? Yeah, I don't like such things. Get off. Quote, yeah. quote, blue bottle flies rose from a rotting lump of flesh. The slight skeleton of a boy was unclothed. A wisp of blonde hair grew from the middle of the boy's skull. Oh, no. Now, this boy would mostly fish with Shawcross. Sometimes hunt, too. They were uh, they were good good pals. Now, this was a 10-year-old. He was a local boy. He was 10? Yeah, John, I showed you a picture like 10 times. I saw him, but like, dang. This was right when he get, gets... This is right when Shawcross got back from Vietnam. Okay. He goes back to Watertown with his family. He lives there. This this is the first murder besides any of the Vietnam ones that he's done. Okay. His story was basically this. Shawcross knew this boy. They fished together. The boy kept pestering him to go fishing. Shawcross was going to his, going to a party. It was his like uh, stepson's party, I think. Yeah. He's going to a party. He uh, didn't have any transportation at the time, so he's walking. This boy, Jack Blake, comes, knocks on the door. I want to go fish. Listen, I'm going to this party. I'm going to this party maybe another time. So Arthur Shawcross, he walks through the woods, takes the back way, and then sees this boy again. Come on, let's go fishing. Let me go with you. I do, you know, I I do what I want. Yeah, yeah. Quote, and I'm getting real mad. I start swearing at him. I told him, you got to go home. And says, I go where I want to. And I just lost control. I hit him. I hit him right in the head with my fist. He fell down and I left. Hmm. Now, there are some inconsistencies with that story. Arthur Shawcross did kill this boy. Okay. But I hit him right in the head with my fist. He fell down and I left. There's some inconsistencies there. Remember, yeah. we, remember, remember we talked about the the uh, liver mortis? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how the blood pulls up. The police didn't find this boy's body for three months. Okay. They know that this body was moved. Mm. They 
know this body was raped yeah. post-mortem. They know this body was mutilated mm. post-mortem. Okay. They know this body wasn't hit with a fist and left. This body was placed in a, in a spot where no one would find it, where someone could come back and do whatever this man wanted to do to this boy's corpse. Don't like that. Well, what do you like, Jim? Not any of this. Not this. <laughs> no. None of what Arthur Shawcross has done. Quote, he, uh, quote, I hit him. I hit him right in the head with my fist. He fell down and I left. He was going to a party, right? Okay, there's some inconsistencies. First off, the boy's nude. True. All right. Dr. The coroner, Dr. Richard Lee, suggested that, quote, the, chi- the child had been forced to undress prior to the homicide and had been forced to run around for a distance before he was killed or he had undressed after he was killed. He was also sexually molested. So Shawcross, I hit this boy because he was a fucking pest and I left. He's got these big mitt gloves. Yeah, that makes sense. But the boy's clothes were off. Mm. He was sexually molested. He was raped. From author Jack Olson to the officers, the scattered clothing showed that the child had been stripped before death. A knockout tooth found after a search with the screens and forks confirmed that there had been violence. It appeared that Jack Blake had been chased through the thorny brush in a murderous game of cat and mouse. Cinders under the foot and bones indicated that he had reached the railroad tracks before being caught and dragged back to the woods. Every man in the search team recognized the telltale signs of a sadistic murder. So this is a lot different from this pesty kid was following me. Go home, kid. Punch him in the face and then leave. This is a little different, okay? A cat and mouse game. This boy has been chased through the thorny bush. So this is a little different from this kid pestering him to go fishing and then he hits him in the face. Yeah. Now this kid has been chased through a thorny bush. Why was he being chased? Why was Arthur Shawcross chasing this kid? Why? This kid almost made it to the railroad tracks. Except. And he was, quote, dragged back into the woods. That's a little different from what Arthur said initially. Every man in the search team recognized the telltale signs of a sadistic murder. All right. Describe this. This, this woman for us, our girl for us. Young girl, I'm going to say Bangs. still teenager yeah. age. Teenagers putting it not how it is. Oh, okay. How is it? I don't know, Jen. How is it? Long You're the bit. one that knows. Yeah, go ahead, John. Eight-year-old Karen Ann Hill. Eight? Like, like one, two, uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight? Three months later, they still haven't found Jack Blake's body yet. Three months. They're still searching. They haven't found him. Right. But like all of Arthur Shawcross's victims, he can, can he can continue he can continue killing all of these prostitutes and dump them in the same spots while the police investigations are going on, while they're stopping people in their cars. You know, it's like he is is he's not invisible, but for the detectives and the police, it's seems like he is. They were still searching for Jack Blake's body when Karen Ann Hill goes missing. Mm, a new victim. Arthur Shawcross was at the Black River fishing. Sees a little girl come up. Mm-hmm. Cute little girl. Yeah. Karen Ann Hill. She loves fishing. Mm. But she shouldn't be out without her parents' permission. Definitely she, not. Definitely, She definitely shouldn't be out at the Black River by herself. What about the Genesee River? And the, and by the, and this is the first killing, so 
there wasn't a serial killer. He right. He wasn't on as the serial killer, the Genevieve, the Genesee Ripper. But still, there's snakes out there. Yeah. There's there's stuff that could kill her, harm oh, her. Yeah. Snapping so, turtles, like so, seaweed and gross river shit. So Shawcross becomes the father figure. I mean, you know what? I'm going to approach her and tell her, you should not be out here without your parents' permission. I know, yeah. you, I know you love fishing, but where are your parents? Yeah, yeah. Like, I got to teach you how to fish and shit. This is from Shawcross's own words about the, the, thing, the awful deed he did to Karen and Hill. Mm. A beautiful young... A, y- a young chi- a child getting her life stripped away from her. And it was just that moment when I didn't hear nothing around me. And it was like daylight got brighter and I just grabbed this little girl. I raped her. She started crying and bleeding. Yeah, what the fuck, little girl? What the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, hold on. This is... All right, before you finish that, and I'll finish this. I'll finish this. Before you finish that, let's go back. And it was just that moment that I didn't hear nothing around me. You remember I said that serial killers, they either see red yeah. or something happens physiologically where something changes. Yeah. For Arthur Shawcross, things go quiet. Mm. There are birds and and chipmunks and squirrels making noises. I mean, he's fishing. There's the, the river running. All these noises. The industrial factory a couple miles down the road. All these noises. Go quiet. Go quiet. And then things get brighter. And brighter is better, right? It's like a tree gets greener. It's like you're supposed to be there. Things change for him. Things get brighter. And it was just at that moment when I didn't hear nothing around me. And it was like the daylight got brighter and I just grabbed this girl. Everything was telling him to do it. I raped her. She started crying and bleeding. And then let's go back to where he was playing with children real quick. What was he doing with children? Stuffing grass clippings down their pants. (laughs) It's so fun. (laughs) We're wrestling, stuffing grass clippings down your pants. Do you want to know how Kelly Ann Hill died? Mm -mm. Her official cause of death? No, I don't. Quote, Shawcross then admitted to police that he suffocated her by stuffing leaves, river grass, and mud in her nose and mouth. That's how she died. She died not from being choked, but from being suffocated in her mouth and nose, clogged up, no airflow, can't breathe. With mud, mud, just shit fucking mud, leaves, brown, broken fucking leaves, and river grass. The river grass that deer shit on just grabs it all and fucking stuffs it right in her mouth and her nose. Stuffs it right in her nose. Uh-huh. She dies that way. That's how she fucking dies. That is how she dies. She suffocates that way. So when he's playing with kids, when he gets back, I'm stuffing these grass clippings down your pants. It's so much fun. <laughs> that is how this little girl dies. He stuffs this grass clippings and leaves and mud right down her throat after he rapes her. This is right after Vietnam. He raped her. She was, quote, crying and bleeding. So he strangled her. He would later claim, just like on every other occasion, that he revisited the corpse, just like he did Jack Blake, the 10-year-old three months before this. He would revisit the corpse. He would talk to the corpse. If we believe what he says, which I do, he would say he's sorry. He would say that it's not his fault. Vietnam messed him up. He would say his childhood messed him up, which his childhood is pretty rough, which we'll go over next episode. He'll say all this stuff. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But 
then he would, even weeks later, on several occasions, rape the corpse of the bodies, and then he would mutilate them, and then he would eat the remains, mostly the genitalia, after death. And the icy weather and the icy rivers helped slow the decomposition from the Shawcross letters. Can I confirm, like, when you say eat? Eat the pussy. Eat the fucking vagina. It's cannibalistic. Yeah, yeah. He cuts out the vagina and he eats it. Thank you. From the Shawcross letters, quote, frozen pussy is nice to nibble on. One does not need teeth to eat frozen pussy. I just took this shit downhill. We were all having fun. We were laughing. We were having a good old time. And then I brought y'all fucking back. Regarding the murder of 10-year-old Jake Blake, I cut parts of him out and ate them. I took his penis, balls, and heart and ate them. Why I did this, I don't know. I also had sex with his body. I had sex with all the girls' bodies and even slept with next to them for a while. He would later claim, just like Jack Blake and the 17-plus prostitutes that he killed, and also just like the little girls and boys in Vietnam that he strangled, he would also perform oral sex on them. He performed oral sex on Kellyanne Hill, 8-year-old Kellyanne Hill, on 10-year-old Jack Blake. Why is this man performing oral sex on everyone? What is his obsession with oral sex? I am curious. Sodomizing. What is that obsession? That obsession encapsulates this entire killer entirely. Oral sex encapsulates this encapsulates but, but this killer. But why? Yeah. I'll answer that on the next episode. Oh. But 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 from but from Arthur Shawcross's own words regarding the Kelly and Hill murder that we just talked about. Beautiful little girl, three months after, still looking for the body of Jack Blake. From Arthur Shawcross, quote, thing was, I couldn't hear no sounds when I saw the girl. Shawcross told his psychiatrist and the daylight got brighter and all I could see was my sister Jeannie. I just remember myself back when I was that same age. Every prostitute that he kills, every one of them, none of them, he had orgasmed. Even when they were performing sex and it wasn't about the murder or anything. I told you he he had a problem getting hard. He had a problem orgasming. He had a problem to orgasm. He could not do it. Even with these children. Well, with Kellyanne, he did orgasm because he saw his sister Jeannie, the only person, the only person, the only person that can make this serial killer monster Arthur Shawcross orgasm is his own sister by blood, Jeannie. I was close in my guess. And we're going to go in depth. Fuck that. We're going to go in depth into his childhood and it is fucked. It is fucked. It is super fucked. But the only person that can make him orgasm is his own sister. The only person. That is why the cops had so much trouble. Why don't you just run DNA, you dumb cops? Well, we don't have any semen. Why don't you have any fucking semen? He's raping these chicks because he didn't fucking come. He didn't orgasm. (laughs) Why the fuck not? he can only orgasm with his sister. Oh, no. Or when he's thinking of his sister. Mm-mm. <laughs> That's fucked. <laughs> I'm saving the best for last, y'all. That's the next episode. Man, we went over a lot of shit with this guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about, did. I'm talking about cannibalism. I'm talking about necrophilia. I mean, this dude, this guy is not even well known. I mean, what the fuck, right? The only person that can make him fucking ejaculate. He's paying for hookers. There is prostitutes. Only on record that has given him refunds 
this for the half and half has given him full refunds. Oh, I couldn't make you come. I couldn't make you orgasm. Here's a refund. The only one that could make him orgasm was who? His sister. So when all these prostitutes are like, what's wrong with you? Are you gay? Quote, are you a faggot? What the fuck is wrong with you, little man? Well, you're not Jeannie. You're not his sister. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, John. And I just ruined Jen's weekend. Yeah, yeah. good job. Jen's weekend is ruined. I hope you guys like that. We'll be on the Discord and one more episode coming up next week. So stay tuned. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people. 